Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week, myself and my dad, John, sit down and talk through the bits and bobs that we couldn't get to normally. But because this is a true crime podcast, it's usually pretty grisly stuff. Dad, how are you feeling on this fine Friday? Paul, it's cold up here in Sydney. Mm -hmm. It's weird because I didn't run and swim this morning. Normally, I just dive into the ocean then go and have a cold shower all year round. And in winter, it's really cold. Right. But um, this morning, I was having a shower and I was finally adjusting the hot water. Mm-hmm. Because isn't it weird? You, If it's not just perfect, you, the temperature-wise, you can't just... You don't want to get under the shower until it's just right. Mm. So it's kind of weird the way the mind alternates between being at home and being used to magnificent showers and being down on the beach where there is only one temperature that is icy cold is that all making sense yes it's making sense oh excellent um (laughs) listen i had there is a recurring thing that happens on this show and every once in a while you mention the fact that when you were on the force back in the 80s in north sydney you would rock up to mcdonald's yourself and any other police officers and there'd be a button they would press Mm. right And you prompted listeners to basically go, look, if you work at Maccas, can you please get back to us and let us know if this is still a thing? And we actually had a listener get in touch about this. Would you like me to tell you what they said? I'd love you to. Great. So this is from David. Hi, Paul. In regards to the question about Maccas and the police promo, my wife worked at Maccas in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay, so this is America, right? So this is an American perspective. The suburbs of Chicago for longer than she cares to remember. Anyway, I asked her about if she had the police promo at the store she worked at. Apparently different owners do different things. Her boss gave police free food at his locations. They asked about any other first responders and military and no. Just police got diabetes for free. There was no button on the register. Apparently the manager had to enter a promo code. I wonder what it's like in different countries. Take care, guys. David. Fascinating. Hmm. Mm. Um, weird that not weird but I guess if I was an ambo like a paramedic or a fiery I guess I might feel slightly aggrieved right. however however mm. if, if you know if there's a visible police presence at any business that has to keep um, robberies down I mean I'm sure they're not doing it f- just for fun mm. the 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 mighty McDonald's corporation um, I'm sure they've thought about this long and hard so as I said, to you before they actually had a because occasionally I'd sort of look down and I'd actually see the word police promo mm. um, and, and, and as I've also said a number of times designated parking for police vehicles That's I mean so they, they don't have 
designated parking for paramedics and fireys. Which I think probably, I mean, look, I think if you're literally saving people's lives and stopping them from dying, you probably... Oh, maybe Ambos would resent the the health drawbacks of the... You know what? We don't need to talk about this anymore. No, Speaking no. of... Um, look, I actually wanted to talk to you about something specific, Dad. A couple of weeks back, a listener bumped into me in the street, uh, and she flagged us on this incredible... Remember that Japanese cremation where people mm. would have to... Yeah. You know, the, the chopsticks? Mm. Right. So... I kind of fell into this weird wiki hole where I was sort of researching unconventional, at least unconventional to us. Unconventional means of, uh, I guess they're funeral customs. And um, a couple of them sort of grabbed me and I thought I would kind of let you know uh, what what they are and we can discuss them. Great. All right. Do you know what an eternal reef is? An eternal reef? Yeah. As in R-E-E-F? Yes, that's correct. Um, does it have something to do with underwater? Yes. Yes, it does. I'm liking it already. Okay. Do they... Um, do they okay, I've, I've got a feeling that perhaps <laughs> they they don't cremate you. They just, you know, let like in the Himalayas, let the birds pick the flesh off your bones. Mm. Then they bundle all the bones together. Then they take them out to sea. Um, a scuba diver goes down with all your bones and he plants them at the bottom of the ocean and it turns mm-hmm. into a bone reef. Well, that sounds like a, I mean, that sounds like a tile set in a horrifying RPG, but what I will do is read you the official website synopsis so you can see how close you were. Okay, great. Question. What is an eternal reef? Answer. An eternal reef is part of a designed reef system created from individual reef balls made of environmentally safe marine grade concrete that includes the cremated remains of a loved one and or pets. Eternal reefs quickly assimilate into the natural ocean environment and create new marine habitats for fish and other forms of sea life. Now, here's what happens. Uh, The process for making these. The entire eternal reefs process takes four days and includes the casting, the viewing, and the dedication and placement on the ocean floor. So I'm assuming what happens is, yeah, they they basically take the cremated remains, right? Mm. So I assume you do a cremation. Mm. Um... But they bring a precast reef ball to the casting site where families basically have the chance to mix the remains into the concrete stuff to form a, <clears> a pearl, which is like a centerpiece that fits inside the reef ball. After the pearl is cast, a fresh layer of specialized concrete covers the top of the reef ball and families can personalize it with handprints, written messages. Now, it sounds to me, it sounds to me like what, they, what the concrete is the part that actually becomes part of the reef. Mm. Your remains are just sort of buried in there. I don't think well you know it is a fairly for those people that have actually seen and handled Mm. um what should we call it oh yeah you know cremated remains yeah it's not um i mean it's sort of gritty not like in true grit the film Mm. or the Um, or the uh, hockey mascot gritty who yeah implore you all to google Mm. neither of those um but i've just had a brainwave paul when you, like, I get that they mix it into concrete, mm. but why couldn't you go to a foundry and pour the remains? In fact, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. You go down to BHP in Wollongong. Oh. Yep. You pour the ashes, okay, yeah. the grit, uh-huh. into a, I'll tell you what, I'm a genius. 
into a um, into a molten mix of steel, etc. Mm-hmm. You then cast, for example, a shower head out of the uh, the remains of your loved one, and every time you take a shower, you you're re- reminded of those. So what I'm saying is, and also, how's this for a brainwave? You go to a bowling ball factory. Mm-hmm. either 10-pin bowls or lawn bowls, mm-hmm. and you incorporate your loved one's ashes into the bowls, which is not so dissimilar from your the concrete bowls. And then sure. you can take them bowling with you in a little bag, mm. and um, you can give your balls a bit of a polish prior to... Um, <laughs> I just couldn't resist saying that. Christ on a bike. <laughs> if, you, if you are... Okay, let's, let's say, Dad, let's say... We exist in a parallel universe where you... I sometimes you know, you, feel as though I am in a parallel universe. Oh, sure. I, know, I, think, I think that's a listening experience. But let's say in this universe, you give a tinker's cuss about 10-pin bowling. I'm a very big fan of 10-pin bowling. I got a 230 high score. I'm just... I'm a very big fan. But imagine, let's say that we went bowling together and that was the thing we did when you were alive and then you died and I had your cremated remains worked into... I'm talking the primo perfect bowling ball that was just incredible and i went on to win championships with it and every time i won i would raise the ball to the sky and go this one's for you dad and people wouldn't know but i would think oh cool my dad's haunting this ball and he's making it hit really hard and it's like he's still bowling with me it's lovely it's a lovely thought and i would also love to do that that rolling thing when when the ball comes back to you you know how it pops up through that hole and then and sometimes you put it in the ball cleaner and, and these brushes madly polish it are you saying you would... Uh, you would <laughs> Imagine if you're aware you would, of that. The like, ball just... Why is your ball moaning every time? I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, the listeners will probably think that... Well, definitely that I've lost the plot. Oh, my God. But, but that's the great thing about Fridays. Yeah. Uh, it, they're spontaneous. Isn't and there I, a... There's a film, Mystery Men, based on the Bob Burden comic book. It's got, you know, Ben Stiller and... Um, William H. Macy and a bunch of other people and Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens in it. And I think one of the guys there, his power is he's like a, he's the, he bowls and he has a bowling ball, which has this, oh, it's Janine Garofalo has a bowling ball with the skull of her dead dad in it. Did I just accidentally crib from fucking mystery men? Anyway, I think that's kind of a cool idea, but that's, I think that's a better idea than, uh, than this eternal reefs idea. But there is one custom here, which I find fascinating and I'm going to try and pronounce it. Uh, and it's from the people of Madagascar, and it's a funerary tradition called Fama Dehana. During the ceremony known as the turning of the bones, people bring forth the bodies of their ancestors from the family crypts, rewrap the corpses in fresh cloth, and rewrite their names on the cloth so they will always be remembered. Then they dance to live music while carrying the corpses over their heads and go around the tomb before returning the corpses to the family tomb. They believe in celebrating the life lived by the dead person. So... Uh, apparently it's a bit recent comparatively uh, since like the 17th century, which is not really that recent anymore. But, uh, what do you think of that? I mean, I know it sounds a bit, it's got a kind of Irish wake vibe to it, but anything that celebrates life as opposed to mourns the loss of it is sort of okay with me. What do you think? Mm. Well, um, I take it the body's wrapped when when they dance with it. Completely secured and wrapped, yeah. Yeah, it's not sort of leaching through all the, the body fluids. No, it's very... Op- they, they said ancestors are... No, it's not... on top of you. It's not like when you take the bin out and there's bin juice. It's not like that. Mm. It's uh, it's dry, I believe. Mm. There's actually a word for that, that juice ball. 
Did you know Let's that? Find it. No. It's called Lee Shay. It's called what? Lee Shay. It's your drag name now. It's the um, it's that terrible smell you can't quite put your finger on. It's that fluid that 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 slurry in the in the back of garbage trucks. Yeah. <clears throat> and that that is something that is pretty pretty rancid. And um, it reminds me of when I was in the fire brigade and I was going to get a... Like all fireys have got part-time jobs and I got a job working on a garbage truck. Have I ever told you this story? Uh, I don't think so. And it was so depressing. It was so depressing. I mean, at one in the morning, you're already pretty depressed that you're not in bed in in anyone's job where you have to be awake at that time. But um, I got a job, you know, as a runner... So you had to run in and grab people's bins as the truck was sort of slowly meandering down the street. Mm. And I can remember the street. And it was actually the street that Christine's grandmother lived in. Um, She'd passed away. She was long gone when I got this job. But I couldn't keep up with the truck. And it was a hot hot night. And I remember stopping at a garden looking for a bubbler or a, or a tap to quench my thirst. Mm. And by the time I'd had my I'd ha- I had my thirst quenched, I looked down the road, and the truck was so far away, <laughs> I knew I had no chance of catching up to it. Right. That I just turned around and walked home. So I only lasted about maybe two hours as a, as a garbo, and uh, I'm not proud of that. But it was so depressing. I thought, how on earth? I just couldn't do it. And I didn't. And I, I let the team down. Well, yeah. Is it, is it a lack of cardio? Was it a... No, no, no. It was just... Well, mm, I was knackered. Yeah. But it was also really, really crappy work. Right. Because it's back in the day when they had really... Each place had tiny bins. Mm-hmm. And you had to... Well, look, anyway. We won't go into that. <laughs> well, look, we were talking about... Uh, speaking of things, you know, packaged up that are kind of off... Uh, we were talking about Famadahana, the Madagascar funeral ceremony. Mm, mm. It's, this is interesting. The practice of Famadahana is on the decline due to the expensive silk shrouds and belief by some Malagasy that the practice is outdated. Early missionaries discouraged the practice, surprise, surprise, and evangelical Christian Malagasy have abandoned the practice in increasing numbers. The Catholic Church, however, no longer objects to the practice because it regards Famadahana as purely cultural rather than religious. I kind of dig the idea of, look, Dad, when you die, I will not be, you know, I might be really bummed out, but I, I will try and sit there and kind of just celebrate the things you did. And mm. if that involves wrapping you up in a sack and dancing around with you, maybe that's the... Uh... Paul, I think you've really gone, you've really lost the plot now. Really? Dancing around with me in a sack. Really? Yeah, that's kind of kooky. All right, well, I think. here's another. here's another thing we can do. Uh, we can talk about fantasy coffins. Now, there is a, especially in places like Ghana, there is a big thing of making a custom coffin that looks like something that represents the dreams and the wishes and the life and the aspirations of the person in it. So, mm. someone recently posted on a Facebook page, someone being buried inside, I think it was a, was it a hot dog or it was a mm. cream I bun or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. So, what would you be buried in? What If we were going to make you a custom coffin, what would it be? Um, can I, can I really, really say something that's totally bizarre? Sure. And I don't think this is, 
possibly ever been done before. Mm. But I would like a fiberglass, perfect replica of me. And I'm inside it. You're buried. Should it be lifelike? Oh, you know those incredible sculptures, the, yeah. the famous, that does the resin models. Some of them are massive. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? No. Why are you laughing? Because I'm just imagining you frozen in carbonite. If we just kind of just dump your body in hot resin. For it to look really good, you would need to be alive. No, 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 no. They create a perfect replica uh-huh. bigger than me. Yeah. Like maybe nine feet long. With just sort of <clears throat> enlarged organs. Not internal organs. My external <laughs> organs. Huge eyeballs. <laughs> Three or five fingers really big. Listen, there is a very famous sculptor, and I have been to their exhibitions at Mm -hmm. the National Gallery in both the NGV Mm -hmm. and Canberra. It's not David Shrigley, is it? You don't like a big dicked John kind of standing on a plinth, and inside is trapped the mummified corpse of the actual John. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, this particular sculptor is... It's so incredible. And mm-hmm. to the listeners out there that have seen the work, and, and and some of them, I think they're all in the nude. So their pubic hair is <clears throat> fairly... Because they're big. So you've also got a mass of pubic hair for those that have pubic hair. Um, but some of these creatures are... and, and But they're so, they're so oh, lifelike. You, you mean can see Patri- their veins. Yeah. Dad, you mean Patricia Puccinini. She does the, um, the sky no, the- whale and stuff. It's all the kind of horrible pig people. And the no, weird- but these are lifelike, realistic... Yeah, perfect, these are. Perfect. No, no, perfect replicas. There's no, no like, animal with five teats, for example. Right, okay. Um, which is not to say some animals don't have five teats, but... So can you imagine making that perfect replica but big um, and then it's hinged and then inside that it's nicely lined with something comfy Mm. and then I'm inside that. But I also read something just recently that it was part of that article about sort of things that remind people and someone I, I read somewhere that another person joked that they would like a glass coffin which is... I don't know whether that's ever been done. We can actually see the person inside. Right. So there are all sorts of, um, you know, ways of sort of pushing the envelope. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But at the end of the day, it's really got nothing to do with the person inside the coffin or the person being cremated. It's not about... I mean, you might think that it's about them, but they don't care. Mm. They've gone. It's the memory. But one one doesn't like to dwell. <clears throat> and I think it's important. You know that famous saying, life's for the living. Um, and I think it's really important just to um, occasionally, you know, think about these things, but not, you know, just kind of move on and, and be happy because it's a place that it's inevitable. Yeah. And um, I don't think it's positive to you know, wish your life away. I think it's to be in the now is really important. Having said that, you still want to be buried inside a giant statue that looks exactly like you. So I, guess I didn't actually... That was just a spontaneous thought. A lie? Um, no, no, no. But, I mean, when we do these podcasts, many things come to mind. Mm. Um, I don't sort of talk about every single thing that I think of. No, I know, I know. Uh, um, but, yeah. There is another interesting... Um, funerary custom which kind of grabbed my attention and uh in south korea some people take the remains of the dead people and then they get them compressed into these beads which are like gems and you then display them at home i don't know if i find that moral i mean the thing is if someone says hey nice gems and you're like oh yeah that's my mum." i mean Mm. i feel a bit weird about having in any form, the body of someone dead displayed. But having said that, I haven't really had anyone close to me die, so I don't know. My my opinion might completely change. How do you feel about that? Well, I was thinking about... Um, I watched a, uh, a Nordic, Nordic sort of crime show recently and someone had lost their, their child. The child had, had been murdered and the police officers... Um, had to do some sort of follow-up investigating, but it was years later, Mm. and they came to the house, and um, they went... One of the officers went into the the daughter's bedroom, and she was eight at the time of the crime, and they'd preserved the room, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, my point, which I'm getting to, is that the sense of smell is incredibly, incredibly um, strong and powerful, and it invokes memories. Yeah. Um, You know, there are wonderful, wonderful things about certain smells, and um, it can take you to to wonderful places. You know, in the past, it might remind you of something from your childhood. And, you know, I have often thought, and I'm being brutally frank and, and open and very honest here, in that I think that 
it would be fairly normal um, if a loved one passed away, someone that you were very, very, you know, attached to, where, for example, parents might be tempted to um, perhaps get some of their clothing and put them in a sealed bag. And I know this is going to sound a bit weird, well, but and and you know that that smell of that it's a sort of a tangible, it's a real connection to that person. Um, like you could look at a chair, for example, and think they sat on that. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if you had some of their apparel that you could actually smell? I mean, because, you know, it's fairly, it's, it's a very powerful uh, sense. Yeah. And um, you recall when I broke my leg very badly and Christine, we bought this bread making machine and she used to make bread uh, in the mornings. Oh, yes. And I was suffering. I was in agony. So you now can't smell... Well, we <laughs> we had to get rid of the, the bread machine. Oh, that's why we got rid of it. Yeah, because I just... It it, it brought back very powerful... Um, well, basically, PTSD. Um, and that was that was all triggered by a smell. I find that fascinating. God, and that's, that's uh, we paid a lot of money for that machine. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember waking up so, to smell of fresh bread. Yeah, and I just couldn't... Um, it just used to make me feel... So depressed in the mornings that I just thought, and you know, you need to feel positive and powerful when you're in that healing process. Mm. Um, There are smells today that I, um, you know, I just like. Um, Just, it's weird, isn't it? It's a very powerful, very strong sense. I can't imagine not being able to smell, but then, you know, if you can't see, we are talking about not being able to see, hear, smell, feel, all those senses, but we're talking about them because we can. But if you'd never experienced them, then it's just a it's a it's a construct, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's um, you know, I mean, are people that can't see any worse off? Well, not necessarily. I, I don't know, but they have heightened other senses. And I don't want to sort of drag the conversation down, but it is Friday, Paul, so, so just, I just wanted to share something with you mm-hmm. and the listeners. And it's, it's sad. It's, it's very sad. I read it only an hour or so ago in the Bangkok Post. Um, and there are 495 police officers in Thailand with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them, um, in the last 24 hours, he, he went to work and he was so worried um, he was tested positive and he was so he couldn't talk to anyone um and he was worried that he'd passed on covid to his wife and two children and um he hung himself at work in the last 24 hours i know it's a real downer but i just think it's important to be aware of people's mental state and how it's really important if if you've got any dramas in life you have to talk about it and his colleagues just said he he just never ever discussed anything on a personal level, and I think we all need people to be able to, uh, you know, confide in. Yeah. So I think that's pretty important. And I also, I don't suppose you want to hear a, a cannibalism story, or is that a bit too? No, I mean, we, I feel like we've got, we've crossed the Rubicon, so why oh, not? Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm reading the BBC news because I've got three apps, news apps on my phone. I've got the ABC, BBC, and Bangkok Post, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I tend to get. A lot of my news from sure. um and i was reading about this guy in russia they've 
recently arrested and you're not going to believe this, but he's an ex-police officer and he was a cannibal. What? Yep. Ex-police officer, cannibal, but he didn't just... Well, firstly, he ate his mum, so he obviously had a mother complex. Yeah. Um, but then... Had a mother what's... complex carbohydrates, more like. I like it. Thanks. But um, he, he also ate animals. He ate dogs and cats, birds, squirrels, and lots of other things. Right. So he sort of did venture out. He's like a true yeah. omnivore. Yeah. Yeah. And um, But I found it a little bit disturbing, and they did his psychiat- psychiatric report analysis, and they found him to be completely... Now, get this, completely sane. And I find that rather disturbing. How do they, but how, like, how do they gauge this said sanity? Well, you know, f- criminal and forensic psychiatrists, they would examine his mental state. And because they need to make sure that he's fit to stand trial. Right. And, you know, through lengthy questioning, mm. um, they they established that he was, um, you know, not not suffering from any. But I mean, I think from a layman's perspective that mm. if you are going to be eating your mother or or any of your other relatives or even people you don't know or right. animals, I right. think that that would perhaps be a um, you know an indicator. You'd never eat, you'd never resort to cannibalism, would you? <clears throat> I can I can say. Today, here now, the way I feel, no. However, look at that. Look at the um, the plane crash in the Andes. I keep thinking about that. I keep th- we Tegan and I have this discussion on the reg, and what I come down to is, if you've had to basically become inhuman to survive, then what is the what's the point, right? Mm. Like, what's the when you get, when you get back from that, you know, you, how mm. are you going to live with yourself? The fact, okay, here's the thing: if you can live with yourself, if you know you can then have the, have the debate and weigh it up. But if you mm. know for a fact that you will never, ever recover psychologically, then, like, what's, what's the point? Well, look, in the Andy's case, mm. one of the people that they ate was one of the soccer player's sister. Yeah. And have you ever seen the documentary? Uh, no, I've seen the movie. Mm. Didn't, didn't love. It's very, very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, but you know what? Who of us can imagine? We can't imagine it. Yeah. But we haven't been in that situation. No, that's, I, I mean, I'm probably never going to be in a Brazilian soccer team, you know, 30 years ago. But at the same time, if my plane crashed and oh, I don't even know. I mean, this is, we've weirdly looped back to odd ways of disposing of your body, right? I mean, mm. if you were sitting there going, look, I can just be buried or alternatively, I can keep people I love alive. Maybe there's, maybe there's a Soylent Green option in the mix, you know? Mm, mm. I was thinking about Soylent Green, yeah. one of my all-time favourite films. It's great, isn't Because it? it wasn't just Soylent Green. Soylent Green was just for one day. Mm. There was Soylent Yellow, Soylent Blue. But I think the idea was that Soylent Green was kind of the, up, the big new well, innovation, right? It is actually from yeah. the human... But, look, it's very, very interesting. Uh, it's macabre. 
um, I was under the impression that if you ate a human, mm-hmm. you would suffer some type of um, brain... You go crazy, don't you? I, well, I, I, I would like to hear for, from some um, medical experts... Yeah, me um, too. ...that listen, and I, I, know, I know there are lots of them out there that listen. And please don't think that if you, tell us, if, you, if you tell us it won't make you insane, don't think we're going to use that as a green light. Mm-hmm. Get- but, but when we came to Sydney... In 1968, and we stayed with an aunt in Chatswood. Yes, from a very, uh, very established and fairly, fairly, I'd say, well-to-do and well-known family. Mm-hmm. I remember one morning, and I would have been perhaps nine. Yeah, she served brains for breakfast, and it was a whole brain, like, and it was the size of. My fist. Yeah, that's a little... little And I remember looking down and seeing Mm -hmm. a complete brain. Yuck. I think it was from a lamb or something. And I just thought... I just... I couldn't eat it. I found it. Even though I had no reference point. Mm. I had no... I I didn't know anything. I I knew it was a brain. I don't Mm. know how I knew it was a brain, but... The thought of it at that stage and those those rituals and customs. I mean, it's all very well, I guess, for us um, to... Because we all see things from our perspective and based on how we've been brought up. But, you know, the concept in Africa where they hold a monkey in a vice and they, t- they just chop the top of its skull off and the monkey's still alive and moving and functioning... Mm. And then they they begin to devour the the brain from a living mammal, a mammal very close to us, um, in terms of you know our, our link to the uh, to the the monkey. Yes. And um, and I just find that quite you know I don't think I could do it. Um, there are lots of things I, I I just couldn't eat. Having said that, I can eat tripe, which is the uh, Sheep stomach, which I love, and I did go through a phase where I enjoyed chickens' feet. Um, I I don't know how I'd go eating, um, you know, like larvae or, or maggots, or even though they keep telling us they're very high in protein. Um, then again, there are so many things in the world that are kind of not great in terms of us consuming, you know, a lot of. Overfishing, for example. Yeah, weirdly, I actually think that environmentally, it makes a kind of sense to eat people. Envi- environmentally, it does. I mean, there's a, but you know, morally, it doesn't. I, I guess we have to kind of contend with our gods. But if uh, I can tell you this, Dad, if if your body, if you died and your body was up for grabs, I guarantee you there'd be a handful of listeners who would uh, who would attend that snack box. <clears throat> well, I think we've really, really crossed the the line here yep, i agree too so it's probably a very good time to finish the episode but please 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 feel free to weigh in with your opinions over at facebook.com forward slash loose units have a wonderful weekend everybody we will be back early next week with another episode of loose units we'll see you then bye cheerio hi this is craig robinson from ways to win And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. 
Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.